Thanks for tuning in to the podcast of The Porch Church. We hope today's message blesses you and encourages you in your spiritual journey. If you have questions, visit us on the web, www.theporchchurch.tv. painfully embarrassing (laughs) like I just can't even it's almost as painfully embarrassing as wearing these t-shirts week after week Uh, (laughs) more on that later hey I just want to start off this morning by uh, by just a simple question how many of you need a rest right like is life just a little bit heavy a little bit long is summer kicking your but parents, like, is anybody else with me in this? I'm just like, countdown till school starts, and I'm like, there. This is the first summer that we've had both our boys home all summer. We've previously had at least one in daycare, and uh, now they are going into second and fourth grade, and so they're both home, and I act like that's a big deal for me. Really, it's a big deal for my wife, who has to deal with two rambunctious boys, and, uh, and it's, just been, it's just been a lot. Like, I'm tired. Like, I need a break from summer break. Are you with me. And then I don't know if you guys remember this, but like two weeks ago, so we had our district conference, right? We set up every single chair that we had in the building. We invited uh, pastors of our denomination. We're a part of a larger denominational family. Uh, And so our district, which spans from here all the way to Louisiana, except for Kansas and Oklahoma. We don't like them for some reason. Uh, But we invited everybody else. There was, I mean, 125 pastors and their families here. We did ordination, all those types of things. It was a busy, crazy, weekend, and it was over a Friday, Saturday, and so my the day off that I take is Friday, and then I'm with you guys. I come to church, and I serve one day a week, and then I have Friday where it's just kind of my, my day off, but it kind of took away my day off. So I took a day off earlier in the week. It was like Tuesday, uh, and then we had Friday, Saturday, where I was like, on Friday, I literally spent 15 hours in this building, and then I slept for six hours, and then I like came back the next day and started it, and then we had Sunday, and wow, it was just a really 
big week. And so then I'm kind of looking forward to this last Friday, right? Friday's my day off, ready for a break. And uh, wouldn't you know, we had family fun night. So I got some pictures to show you from family fun night, and it was awesome. I wouldn't trade it for the world. We had a tremendous turnout. Uh, This is an event that we put on with our learning center that meets here and our church. We had a great turnout from both. Uh, I think I can say this publicly, that the next time we do this on September 7th, we're looking to begin inviting just our community in to be able to say, hey, this is a free family fun night. We've got food and activities and stuff to do, and we just want you uh, as our community to be invited. So that'll be coming up September 7th. But, but this was last, this was two days ago, last Friday. We, we didn't even get a head count because there's way too many people running around, all kinds of stuff. We, had, we were worried about rain, and so we were going to have a dunk tank, but we kind of canceled that halfway through. So needless to say, the, my day of rest kind of got, got corrupted, cannibalized, right? All that stuff. And we've all been there, right? I'm not looking for extra sympathy, but then, you know, today's to today and yesterday was yesterday. And so like Friday is coming up, but I'm just, I'm just a little exhausted. And I just wonder if any of you, maybe you're there in this season, maybe you've been there before. And uh, this isn't just like pastor grief hour, but we are going to take up a special offering. So I'm going to ask the ushers to come up and uh, no, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. But we've been talking in this series, right? We're talking about being in sync with God, hence the bad video, the bad t-shirt, right? All this kind of stuff. And we've been kind of walking through how do we stay connected? How do we stay in God's presence, walking with him day in and day out? So if you'll turn your attention either to the screen or to your bulletin, we kind of give us some visual pictures. The first week we use that Wi-Fi signal to talk about how the Holy Spirit is really God's power to us. It's our connection with God the Father they're given to us by the Holy Spirit. And we said that the kingdom of God, the coming of God, the working of God is not just a matter of talk, but a matter of power, a matter of God's Spirit actually working on our behalf. And we kind of put that to our own faith walk and said, how's that look for us? Is our faith just singing and lip service and some guy on stage with a microphone talking? Or is our faith characterized by power, by God's Spirit moving in among and through us by seeing Him work in our lives and us going to partner with him. And then the week after that, we kind of said, what if there's no signal, right? What if we're missing the Wi-Fi? We said, sometimes there are things that kind of come into our relationship with God that push us out of sync with him. It may be sin, which we said is kind of like a broken screen on your phone. Your phone still works. Your relationship with God is still there, but there might be something coming in between your interface with God. There might be a cracked screen. There might be sin, which breaks our fellowship with God. Your battery might need a recharge. You might just need to recharge your phone or reconnect with God. We'll talk a little bit more about that today, or you might not even have a cell phone, and that's why you're not connected with God, and you need to accept the gift of life through Jesus and His Spirit into your heart. That was a couple weeks ago. Then last week, we talked about the play button. We said that there's ways that we need to keep in step with the Spirit. Since the Spirit is our life, we need to stay connected with Him, and we said, hey, make a, make a start and a stop list, right? The acts of the flesh in Galatians 5, it says, are are obvious. Where there's sin, where there's things coming in between us and God, we should be easy to identify those. So let's put those on our stop list. And then what do we put on our start list, on our play button? We put the fruits of the Spirit where we see God working in and among and around us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Go in those directions because that's where God's Spirit is working on behalf of our lives. And so today we're going to keep going. I want to talk to you about the pause 
pause button. I want to talk to you about taking a break, taking a rest. And again, maybe at the end of summer, maybe you're feeling rested. If so, I hope this is an encouragement. Or maybe you're like me, you're coming through a hard season, or there's just been so many things up in the air. Or maybe you just kind of need the reminder about what a rest looks like. So today we're going to talk about uh, an ancient concept, one that's been practiced for literally thousands of years by people who've been in relationship with God, but it's somewhat become uh, ordinary in today's day and age. It might not even be a word that we're used to, but I want to talk to you today about the concept of a Sabbath of a Sabbath, of a pause, of a holy spiritual day. Again, this is a scriptural process, a scriptural idea. We're going to walk through some of those ideas. But as we're talking, as we're reflecting, I want you to think about your own rhythms. Think about your pacing of life. Think about where you need a rest and where you perhaps take it or don't take it. And what does that look like in your relationship with God? So that's kind of setting the stage for us. And uh, let's jump in here. How many of you guys have the Ten Commandments? commandments memorized, right? Sunday school, anybody go that far? Maybe you were a part of a bad evangelist training, right? And they like taught you the Ten Commandments and it just stuck with you. Don't worry, I'm not going to quiz you. Let's just remind ourselves together, right? Exodus chapter 20 says there's one God, right? Number two, no false gods, right? Don't put any other gods before me. Number three, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Don't curse. Don't curse God's name. Number four is remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. I wonder where we're going to spend our time today. Number five, honor your father and mother. And then six through ten is all the don'ts, right? Don't murder. Don't adultery. Sorry, that's the wrong tense. Steal. Don't lie. Don't covet. These things make up the final one. So let's take some observations out of this, right? There are some scriptural concepts here, right? There are all the don'ts, right? Kind of like six through ten, right? Don't do these things. Those are what the Ten Commandments say. Then there's do these things. Keep these things in practice. Keep these things in tension. But there's one directed at others, right? uh, Obey and honor your father and mother. But there's one that kind of stands out as different. One that perhaps if you've either grown up outside of religion or maybe you're new coming to faith, this idea of resting, of honoring the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a day where we take a break from work. Actually, I'm going to skip through on some slides here, and we're going to read Exodus 20, verse 8. I just want you to hear what the actual commandment is. Exodus 20, verse 8 says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male nor female servant nor your animals nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is in the Ten Commandments, right? If you would say anything is important as believers, as Christ followers, right? Ten Commandments are kind of up there. Do we agree? Are, you, are we, do we, do we, thank you, okay. All right, I was, we're going to go a whole different direction with the message if we weren't on board there, right? Okay, so Ten Commandments are kind of a big deal, and, and nestled in these Ten Commandments is this idea of a rest, of a break to say, hey, you were created for work, right? You were created to do good things which Christ prepared in advance for us to do. You were created to be a part and a contributor to society for six days, but as a piece of your contribution, as a piece of what you give back to the world, as a placeholder in God's kingdoms, just like God rested, so we 
rest. Remember the Sabbath. Remember the Lord's day. Remember the break that God himself took and then keep it holy. Observe the Sabbath. That's, we've kind of been zooming in on one verse each week. And so if you only walk away kind of remembering one set of language, one set of words, that's what I would have you remember. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Because here's the reality, right? Taking a rest is one of the Ten Commandments. Taking a Sabbath, taking a day off, stopping to work is in the Ten Commandments, right? Those big things, the things that say don't murder, don't steal, don't commit adultery, and hey, take a break, right? God lists that in the same list, which should tell us something about God's intended design for you and for me, should it not? That if God has these big suppositional things, right, these big proclamations of what not to do and what to do, and he includes this idea of rest, we would do well to tune ourselves into it. Especially if you're at all like me, where we look at the world around us and we look at the pacing of our life and we look at the number and myriad of things to do in Colorado to go and enjoy God's creation and to do big things and to go to concerts and sporting events and to enroll our kids It would be good for us to remember that God commands, God expects, God gives us a day of rest, a day to sit back, a day to hold off. So, number one there in your your sermon notes is that the Sabbath is a gift, though, not a rule. Right? The Sabbath is a gift, not a rule. Anybody grow up in like hyper-traditional home where like you couldn't watch TV on Sunday, you couldn't hang out with friends, couldn't do any of those types of things? Anybody grow up there? I'm from South Dakota. I had a number of friends who, this, who fell into this category, right? When Sunday came around, you went to church and you sat at home in reverential silence. Yeah, not a good time, right? As a kid, you're talking nails on a chalkboard. When friends come to the door, you're going, nope, we can't play. Why? Because we're Christian? I don't know. It's just what we do. We just don't do anything today. And again, this comes from a really, really good place, right? That in the scriptures, it says, honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. And as a matter of fact, there's this whole rigmarole of what people did in order to keep the Sabbath holy, right? It's a, it was a Jewish practice, and what they did was they interpreted this idea of no work, and they said, well, that's far too broad, right? We've got to know what's exactly expected of us. And so they came up with rules and regulations down to the letter of the law of what you could and couldn't do. Here's some examples, right? For an Orthodox Jew, to this day, writing or erasing two letters on the Sabbath constitutes his work. Two letters. One letter, you're good. That's not work. Two letters, all of a sudden, that's the line, right? And now you're breaking the Ten Commandments. Woe is you. You've got big problems. Which means now that we don't write, now we text. Guess what you don't get to do on the Sabbath? No cell phones, no websites, no texting. If you put two letters down, you are in violation of God's sovereign order. Can you imagine the pressure, right? That's so much to live up to. Not to mention using electricity. No AC on the Sabbath if you're a hyper-Orthodox Jew, even to this day. No driving your car. Back in the Old Testament, even today, no cooking on the Sabbath. So you can't drive anywhere to get food, and you can't make food, right? Guess what you had to do? The day before, you had to make enough food for two days' worth so that on the Sabbath, you would not do any work. You were allowed to sit and to think about God and how good He is in silence, in the dark. 
How many of you does this sound like hell and not a holy day, <laughs> right? This is the problem. But they said, God said, honor the Sabbath, so we have to honor the Sabbath. And they came up with this huge list of rules, which brings us to an interesting point in history, vis-a-vis Jesus, right, who comes as an Old Testament fulfillment of the Old Testament law. And so he comes and he always clashes with the guys who keep all these rules, right? They were called the Pharisees back then. These were hyper-Orthodox, law-abiding, keeping Jews. And Jesus is going to show up onto the scene. And one of the first things that he does in the Gospel of Mark as he tackles this idea of Sabbath. I'm going to invite you to turn there. We're going to spend some time. Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, if you brought your Bibles. If not, just slip your hand up. Our ushers have a Bible for you. They would love to let you have God's Word. If you don't own a Bible, you can just keep this. It's our gift to you. Uh, We're going to be on page 472 in the Worship Center Bibles. Page 472. Mark chapter 2, we're going to jump in at verse 23. Of course, all of it will be up on the screen as well. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. Uh Uh-oh, it's about to go down, right? Guess what one of the rules was? No harvesting, no picking grain. This should be sending off alarm bells, right? If you were an Orthodox Jew, if you were alive at this time, you would be going, alert, alert, violation of God's Sabbath, big deal, Ten Commandment breaking, stop doing that, right? Which is awkward because it's Jesus, right? And so you can't exactly be like, you're in violation of God's law because he's Jesus. Verse 24, the Pharisees said to him, look, why are they, his disciples, doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Right? Translation, this is a big deal. Why are you allowing your followers, Rabbi, remember Jesus is a Jewish teacher. He's viewed with esteem and honor even among his peer group. And they're going, hey, don't you know the law? Don't you know the Old Testament scriptures? Don't you know that picking heads of grain is a violation of the Sabbath and is condemnable as such? Rabbi, teach your disciples, right? It's all in the same list of the do not murder, do not steal, and don't pick heads of grain on the Sabbath. And these law-abiding Pharisees are freaking out trying to get Jesus to understand what a big deal that this is. Now, before we resolve this story, let's keep going. Mark chapter 3, Jesus goes into the synagogue, presumably on the same Sabbath, maybe a different Sabbath, depending on which gospel story you're reading. Mark chapter 3, which is just on the next page over of your scriptures, verse 4. He enters the Sabbath, and then Jesus asked them this question, which is a continuation in the story for Mark. Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they remained silent. Matthew's version, actually, Jesus is asked the question, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? And his answer is an emphatic yes. Mark chapter 3, verse 5. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed. When Jesus is angry and deeply distressed, you should pay attention, right? There's something getting at the heart of God here. There's something that is grinding against the very nature and character of God that Jesus is about to teach us about. Jesus looked at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. The context was a person whose hand was shriveled. And Jesus says, is it lawful to heal him? And his answer is an emphatic yes. It is always right to do good 
on the Sabbath. This story appears in all three of what's called the synoptic gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They tell the same similar stories. Some of them even share the same source material. And so this story, this particular interaction shows up in all three gospels. Whether Matthew was writing to the Jews or Luke was writing to the Greeks and the Romans, everybody thought that this story was of paramount importance, right? Because as Jesus comes in, he's teaching us about the proximity of God. He's teaching us a new definition of what it is to be holy, to be God's people. And while up until this point, the rule was remember the Sabbath and keep it holy by not doing anything, by following this list of commands, Jesus comes in and says, no, holiness is far more about the goodness of our actions and intentions than it is about a list of do's and do nots. Being holy is far more about a relationship with God and bringing his kingdom about here on earth than it is about keeping the list of things that you and I often think constitute what makes us good, Bible-believing, God-fearing Christians. Jesus is angry. He's deeply distressed, right? He's livid. He's furious because they're so stuck in this religious pattern that they can't even see that God would do something in their midst because it was against the rules for them. They couldn't see beyond it, right? The rules were never there to lock people down and isolate them. It was to help them experience the relationship with God. And here's Jesus' hallmark statement. Here's his re-emphasizing the Sabbath for his hearers and hopefully for us today. Back to chapter 2, verse 27. Then he said to them, Pharisees, everybody who's gathered around, listen, the Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath. And so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Jesus takes the moment to reorient their entire Scripture. He uses man and the generic mankind. It's not just men. It's men, women, children, every nation, every color. He says, look, the reality is that the Sabbath wasn't created in order to keep you in rules. As a matter of fact, the Sabbath was given as a gift to you. The Sabbath was given for man. Man wasn't made to keep the rules that exist in this Sabbath-type system. No, the Sabbath is a gift. It's not simply a rule to be followed, right? It would be appropriate for us if we were in that context to say, oh, snap, right? This is what Jesus is conveying to them. He's trying to reorient the entire Sabbath picture and go, Sabbath is not something that man keeps, but Sabbath is a gift to mankind. It exists to give us rest that we were created for not only work and to do good work, but to have rest and reconciliation and to remind ourselves that in God's story, it's not based on the work that we do, but on the work that he did. This is why Jesus' words are so refreshing. We shared this verse last week, and I want to use it as a launching point as we wrap up our conversation on Sabbath. Here it is, Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? I can raise my hand to those questions. Jesus' invitation that has come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real Rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Sign me up for that. Right? How many of you are going, yeah, I'd like a little bit more of that. I'd like a little bit more rest. I'd like a little bit less rules. I'd like a little bit less go, go, go. I'd like a little more 
keeping in step with the Spirit. I'd like a little more rest. I'd like a little more opportunity for God to lead the way in my life. Here's what's funny and amusing. I've kind of been working on this statement, and it's one that's become meaningful to me, that, that here in Aurora Centennial, Colorado, right, the, the chances are that you have the ability to afford to be busy. Here's what I mean by that, right? We have the ability to take vacations, to get away into the mountains, to enjoy God's creation, to enroll our multiple kids in multiple sports at different seasons. We have the ability, the opportunity to keep our calendars full and our lives busy, which in and of itself is not a bad thing, right? I'm not condemning those actions. I'm not saying stop doing that. I'm simply saying that for us who are able to afford to be so busy, why does my heart cry out when I read this verse and go, man, I would love some real rest. I would love some real break. I would love water for my soul. And here we are gathered in church as Christians, as followers of God, as people who are commanded and given the gift to take a break, to take a rest, to take some recuperation. But perhaps our culture has infiltrated our hearts to the point where we feel like we have to be busy to be productive. Like our kids have to be enrolled in a thousand different things so that they get the full experience that maybe we didn't have growing up. If Jesus is strong enough to save our souls, why can't he redeem our calendars? That's just me this morning. If God is big enough to save everything about my life, to take the broken mess that I call my life to restore and redeem it, why do I let him into every single area except in my calendar? Why do I not allow myself to take a real rest when God couldn't make it more clear? It's not only a command, but it's a gift given to me in order to remind me of a number of things. Let's continue through our list. Let's draw some correlations on what the Sabbath is and what it is not. First of all, the Sabbath is a rest from work. Sabbath is a rest from work. It's an opportunity to pull away and to not do work. I want to focus on the first part of the verse that we shared, right? Remember the Sabbath. How do you remember the Sabbath? Well, you have to know it's coming. Old Testament times, right? I've got to make food preparations. I've got to do the errands. I've got to do the shopping. I've got to do everything to get it done so that on the Sabbath I can rest and not just come up with a to-do list. Because if you write two letters, then you're working on the Sabbath, right? To-do list has got to be done before. How about for us? How do we remember the Sabbath? Do you take a plan ahead to find a moment, a week, a 24-hour period in your life where you stop doing work? It means you've got to mow the yard on Saturday. All right? It means you've got to do grocery shopping a day before. And again, the point is not to institute a religious law here, but the point is to go, God has given me a gift, and when I don't observe and remember the Sabbath, then I don't open the gift that God gave me. What do you need to do to remember the Sabbath, to remember that God's day is coming up and to use it as a place of spiritual rest and refuge? How do you remember and honor and plan for and keep a Sabbath rhythm in your life one day a week that you stop working? Because here's the deal. If God can afford to take a day off, he's not impressed with our schedule, right? Like you're not going to be like, I just got so much to do. I got, I got district conference. I got family fun night. You don't understand. He's going to be like, yeah, I, I, I created like mountains and stuff. You're, you're okay. You can take a day off. Talk more about that later. Sabbath is a gift, not a rule. It's a rest from work, a real rest. Sabbath is not only church. 
Too often we get caught in this pattern, perhaps, that when we hear Sabbath, we think, oh, church day, right? Sunday, that means Sabbath. Not entirely. There's a spiritual component for sure, but it's not only church. It's about that 24-hour window where we find ourselves in God's story. I certainly hope that church and finding yourself in the body of believers and of Christ and being encouraged towards a mutual destination together, I hope that's a part of your Sabbath ritual, but it may not be for you, and that's okay. The Sabbath is not only restricted to church time. It's not an hour on Sunday. It's about a rhythm and pace of life whereby we can find rest for our souls, where we can pull away. And guess what? If you're volunteering at church, if you're coming to work at church, quote unquote, it may not be your Sabbath time. You have to plan for that. Remember the Sabbath. So when I come to church on Sunday, I don't know if you know this, but this isn't entirely restful for me. Shocking, I know, right? So I typically take my Sabbath on that Friday to Saturday time frame because today I come and I serve and I volunteer and I love every piece of it, but I'm with you guys. I get one day a weekend off and my second day is where I serve and be a part of God's community. It's just not Saturday, Sunday for me. It looks a little different. How do you remember the Sabbath? How do you honor the fact that there's no work? And what pieces need to go in place in your life to get a real rest for your soul that may not be involved in this church hour on Sunday? Number four, Sabbath is not vacation. Sabbath is not vacation. I'm going to change your life right now. Uh, This is not my idea. This is my friend Angel, who is infinitely smarter than I am. And uh, she taught me something. You know when you go on a vacation vacation, and you come back more tired, right? Anybody ever have this happen, right? You, you get away, and you take your family with you, and you're going to go visit other family, and you've got a thousand things on the list, and you've got all these tasks and things to do, and you finally come back home on Sunday night, right, just in time to go back to work Monday, and you're like, whew, that wasn't restful at all, right? Like, it was great to spend time with people. It was great to be there, but I need a vacation from my vacation. Here's what's going to change your life. There are vacations, and there are trips, Okay? Trips have an agenda. They have a thing to do. They have people to connect with. They have a rhythm and a pacing, and there are things to do. And there are trips, and there are vacations. Vacations usually involve beaches, right? <laughs> this is the difference, right? Vacations involve sitting down and going, whew, it's nice to just take a break. Vacations are difficult with children, families, right? We know this. Take time away from your children, not all the time, but take some time where it's just you and your spouse. You loved them first, and you'll be stuck with them after your kids are out of the house. So make sure you're cultivating vacation times with your spouse. But here's the point, right? In our ritual walk, in our Sabbath relationships, there is vacation and there is trips, There are paces and rhythms of our spiritual life that are just things that need to happen. We work six days a week. You serve in kids' ministries. You go hang out with your family. You go to the mountains, all of these things. And then there are actual rest and vacations for your soul. Make sure you know the difference because you can go on a vacation and get away from reality, but if you don't bring God along with you, it's not a Sabbath rest. If there's not a spiritual component, then you're missing out on the true rest of God. It's not just a break from work. It's not just a vacation. There is a spiritual component to it, and that's the final piece, right? Sabbath is spiritual, right? It's not as simple as saying working for the weekend. It's not as simple as saying, woo, I got Saturday, Sunday. We're going to the lake. We're going to the mountains. We're going to go party. I'm going to call that my Sabbath. There must be an element to which we rest and rejuvenate in the character and nature of who God is and who he is to us. 
So four quick habits as we end here. What are the things that we do on Sabbath? This is from John Tyson. I just listened to him uh, on Friday, and I was like, shoot, I need to hear that. So I thought I'd share it with you. Four habits to practice on the Sabbath. Number one, ceasing. Ceasing. Stop doing work. Stop doing something. When you get to your Sabbath, when you get to, whether it's Sunday for you, Saturday to you, whether you've got another 24-hour block, when it is your Sabbath, when you're trying to carve out a rest for your soul with God, number one, stop doing something. Stop doing work. Stop doing preparation. Stop doing the achieving. Stop doing the things that you need to stop. Number two, resting. These are the things that you do that actively recuperate your soul. Reading, listening to music, going out into nature, finding sustainable habits where your soul connects with God, ceasing, stop doing some things, resting, start doing some things, put some things in place that are rejuvenating and restorative to your soul and to your relationship with God. If you don't know what's restorative to your relationship with God and to your soul, you need to do some homework on that. We'll talk about that next week. Ceasing, resting. Number three, embracing. Number three, embracing. This is so powerful. This is that spiritual component. On the Sabbath day, we embrace the reality of our story with God. What do I mean by that? God saved you. God works for your salvation. God is the one who is at work in and among and around and through us. So on the Sabbath, we ought to embrace our role in God's story. The reason why we stop working is to remind ourselves that we have a God who works for us. Amen? When we embrace our role in God's story, when we stop striving for one day, we're reminded that we're a part of a bigger universe and that there is a God who cares for us, who nurtures us, and who is going to take care of us because we can afford to take a day off, because we can afford to stop, we can afford to pull back, we can afford to say, no, we're not going to do that. As a part of your Sabbath, there needs to be an embracing of your salvation story with God of knowing who he is in your life, how he operates on your behalf, and embracing that reality for your soul. That may look like scripture reading. It may look like prayer. It may look like a silent walk. It may look like being in nature or spending time with friends and family, but you need to embrace your role in God's story on your Sabbath. And last but not least, the most overlooked piece of Sabbath, feasting. Feasting is a requirement of a Sabbath, to intake and enjoy the beauty of God's creation. This can be food, eating things that are delicious that you enjoy eating that you would never eat normally, right? If you have a cheat day, your Sabbath should be your cheat day, okay? This may look like art for you. It may look like being out in nature and just drinking in the beauty of God. Tim Keller said that because we live in a culture and a world that is so full of brokenness, it is our responsibility as believers to intake beauty that feeds our souls. You should be feasting on the Sabbath, feasting on God's goodness, on all that he's provided you, on ways and opportunities in which he can fill your soul. Ceasing, stop doing something, resting, do things that are rejuvenating, embracing, reminding yourselves of God's story, and last, feasting on the goodness and the glory of God in your life. So here's the question for us. How do you Sabbath? How do you rest? What are the weekly rhythms for you? And are they working? Is your soul tired? I'm going to invite the band to come up and we're going to sing one more song. And I just kind of want that question to rest with you. Maybe it's one of these categories that stuck out to you and you could circle one of those numbers and be like, this is where I need to work on my Sabbath. I've forgotten to embrace the story of God's goodness or I've neglected fasting and just enjoying the goodness of God in my relationship with him. But how do you rest? 
If you don't have a good answer to that question, if you're kind of going, I don't know how my soul gets recuperated, I want to make, invite you to make sure that you're here next week or that you catch up online. We're going to be talking about habits, sustainable, repeatable places where we find God's rest for our souls, where we find connection and being in sync with Him next week. And I've got some tools and resources for you. But this week as you go and as you reflect on that, I would just encourage you to go, how well do I do this? Do I Sabbath well? Do I rest well? Maybe I stop working just fine. Maybe I enjoy God's creation just fine, but, but I don't know that I'm really taking a Sabbath. I don't know that I have a set 24-hour period where I intentionally stop striving and just rest in God's goodness. I'm going to invite you to bow your heads and just give you a quiet moment to attune your heart to the Holy Spirit, to what He might be saying to you. Maybe he's laying something on your heart. Maybe he's giving you a direction or he's highlighting an area of your life and and maybe he's convicting you of something. Maybe he's going, you're real good at protecting your weekends, but you're not real good at bringing me along. Maybe he would highlight for you the, the feasting, the resting, the ceasing, whatever that language is. But right now, take this opportunity to lean into the Holy Spirit to ask him to illuminate, to accept the free gift that is rest in his name and to own that. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would speak to our hearts, that your Holy Spirit would come in and among and through us and would highlight the areas of our hearts where we most need to hear from you, that you would remind us that you've given us the gift of rest and that that comes with physical rest, absolutely. It comes with stopping working, absolutely, God, but it also comes with a spiritual rejuvenation component. God, would you convict us of the areas where perhaps we've been resting in one sense but not in the fullest sense of what you've called and offered us? God, would you give us those steps that we can take to remember the Sabbath, to plan for it, and then to keep it holy by honoring you on the day of the week that we give to you. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would remind us that this is a good gift that you're giving us. And while we may feel convicted in our hearts, God, it's for our benefit. It's for our good. And would you keep asking and reminding us to step into the fullness of life, the fullness of relationship that you have for us through your Son, Jesus, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, it's in their names that we ask you to illuminate our hearts in this capacity and lead us forward into this week, God, thinking about the real rest that you offer our souls and where perhaps we've missed the gift, where we've missed the opportunity. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you, and it is in the name of your Son, Jesus, the power of your Holy Spirit. And all God's kids said,